You are listening to The Political Periscope, a weekly podcast brought to you by Radio WNET. Interviews on international politics, security, geopolitics, economy and more, every Thursday at 7 p.m. Today's guest of The Political Periscope is Zygimantas Pavilionis, member of the Lithuanian Seimas, former Deputy Minister of Foreign Affairs. Political Periscope. You're former deputy chief negotiator of Lithuania in the process of joining the European Union in 2004. Is the EU that Lithuania, along with Poland and other uh, Central European countries, joined in 2004, is it the same European Union as it is today? Uh, well, I would say maybe even uh, much better, much stronger. Of course, we are not very much satisfied that uh, our brothers in UK left us. But honestly, I am uh, also one of the initiators of so-called United for Ukraine parliamentary platform, together with a lot of Polish MPs and senators. And we lobbied hard for candidate status for Ukraine. And I think, uh, at least we have a plan in Lithuania, not only to start accession talks with Ukraine next year, but to finish it during Lithuanian presence in 27, and uh, to make uh, uh, this dream of Ukrainian membership in EU happening in 29, when we will have elections of uh, new European Parliament and appointment of new European Commission. So uh, I, if we do it together with uh, Poles and other brothers, that is, well, that is the dream that we had some time ago together in our Rzeczpospolita of two nations, uh, you know, when we had this European Union of the Middle Ages, like John Paul II was saying. You said uh, six years uh, or seven years from now, it's uh, quite different from what uh, France, uh, Fr uh, France's minister uh, of uh, Europe, uh, European Union uh, said. He said 20, uh, maybe 10, maybe 20 years for Ukraine to join the EU. Well, we know Ukrainian well as well as you. In Polish case, it took four years. In Lithuanian case, it took three years to negotiate. So we consider Ukraine like Poland. Uh, and uh, f uh, so if no obstacle, no artificial obstacles are created, they will be very much ready to do it. And do you think uh, that uh, Germany or France uh, wouldn't create the artificial obstacle are there are they mentally ready to accept uh, ukraine in european union well i'm former diplomat for 23 years and i know just uh, instead of raising those rhetorical questions you have to work very hard so uh, next monday i'm traveling to kiev to celebrate the national days with 30 members of uh, parliament uh, from 15 countries from germany from france from poland and uh, greens and uh, and uh, well reds uh, and christian democrats and liberals you just have to work with them you just have to show the atrocities russians create on their territory you just uh, have to raise is it human and uh, and then you know when usually they are coming back on the train to uh, to Polish territory, uh, they confess that they were wrong for 
two decades and Lithuanians and Poles, they were always right. So it just takes an effort to lobby at parliamentary level, at governmental level, at think tank level, at journalist level. It's exactly what we did together with Poles trying to get into the club, uh, uh, you know, uh, 20 years ago. So we know the road. We know how to fix this Soviet stupid machine and how to stop the barbarians and let's do it together. You've had... Uh a clash with uh, European Commission on the subject of transport ban through Lithuania to Kaliningrad. Uh, finally, Lithuania lifted the ban on the transport of Russian uh, goods. Uh, what do you think about it? Well, sometimes Lithuania is called like a freedom island. Uh, we are first on a lot of other freedom issues. We were first to destroy the Soviet Union, to revolt, inspired by Polish uh, Solidarność movement. We were first to raise the flag of Belarusian freedom uh, in European Union when we entered. Uh, Vilnius is a center of Russian dissident, uh, uh, you know, uh, the whole uh, uh, team of Navalny, Kaspar, Kasparov and all other freedom fighters. Kasparov is doing a free Congress, uh, uh, free Russia Congress next week. Svetlana Tsikhanovska made uh, her Congress last week in Vilnius. So, yes, we push to the limit commission to fight for freedom, but sometimes we fail. So, for example, now we have a debate to ban a Russian tourist visas and we did it in the Baltics we are uh, even going further so it would be good that you know uh, not only Baltics or Finns and I heard today Danes but you know whole Central Europeans and other nations uh, they follow our example because why should we allow those Russians who say nothing against Putin you know who take that, you know, who share the moral responsibility for oil in Ukraine, why do we allow them to shop in our malls? It's kind of stupid. Germany would, uh, well, happily allow them. Well, you know, uh, we recently had German uh, Christian Democrat leader Merz, uh, who met my prime minister. We are from the same political family. And he said the same what all German leaders from different other parties are saying the whole year. Lithuanians, you were right. Uh, let's start from Bucharest NATO summit when where together with late President Kaczynski, I was then Deputy Foreign Minister, we've been lobbying for membership action plans for Ukraine and Georgia. If those leaders would listen to our two, okay, then it was seven presidents, even President Bush was with us, nothing of this nightmare would happen. So it's time to learn the history lesson. You've mentioned um, Kasparov, uh, you've mentioned Russian opposition. What should happen in Russia internally after the war to make it not a uh, danger for Europe? Well, I would maybe reply a bit in a cynical form. Uh, the best cure in this uh, case are weapons to Ukraine. Weapons, weapons, weapons. The more, the better. It, Already today, we have much bigger number of Russians killed on Ukrainian soil in two, three months or four months to compare with 10 years of their war in Afghanistan. I remember I was 20 when Soviet Union collapsed and I remember big movement of uh, mothers of, you know, dead soldiers in Afghanistan. It was part of the movement that destroyed the Soviet Union. So 
again weapons 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 we have to inflict such a damage to russian stupid soldiers who are trying to kill our brothers and sisters that every family would wake up in russia maybe then they will understand what kind of leader they have and russia will collapse i think yes and i think it will happen sooner than later uh, i remember when soviet union collapsed no no western expert predicted it you know the best sovietologist in columbia university in london nobody predicted what happened in front of our eyes i was standing in front of tv tower i saw my friends killed in 91 from my own school my school was the closest to the tv tower i was standing in front of the parliament i remember the moment when russian troops stopped just stopped in front of us because they were afraid to kill more than they already killed at tv tower so we know that those giants uh, they are very weak uh, if we are not afraid if we fight till the end and we are exactly doing this uh, today Lithuania is not bordering Russia, but it is bordering Belarus. Uh, what do you think should happen with Belarus? Well, we are bordering Kaliningrad region of uh, Russia. And, uh, well, uh, we've been always the, the, the hub of Belarusian freedom. Uh, we host uh, Svetlana and, and her team here. Uh, we accepted more than 35,000 of Belarusians after a revolution for small country. It's quite a number. Uh, but uh, we understand that Lukashenko so much sold his soul and country to Russians just to keep his throne that he will be removed only after Putin is removed. Uh, so that's why we welcome very much those Belarusians who are joining Kalinovsky battalion. Uh, yes, yes, they have to fight uh, with Putin in Ukraine. They have to stop the uh, uh, the regime that is actually now occupy a regime in, in Belarus. Uh, and we hope uh, when Putin collapses, 10 millions of Europeans, uh, uh, they will simply go our way. And together with Anna Fotiga in last uh, fourth Kalinovsky conference in Brussels, we worked hard uh, to make the European Parliament, the whole European Parliament, to issue declaration that we recognize European vocation of Belarusian nation, not the government, of course. So uh, I think we should uh, fight uh, for Uh, Belarusian uh, membership in EU, uh, though it might sound very uh, romantic today, but a lot of things sounded romantic uh, to compare with what already happened. Uh, of course, I meant uh, mainland Russia, not uh, not Kaliningrad. Mm, Kaliningrad is another issue, a uh, so-called Suvalki gap. Uh, But how is it uh, viewed from the Lithuanian point of view? Do you think uh, Suvalki Gap is this uh, most vulnerable uh, part of, of our territory, our European territory? It is until we have a different level of military presence in Lithuania to compare with Poland. Poland uh, really will welcome so much your engagement with uh, American troops. Uh, uh, they, you know, they are 
they have presence in Poland in quite a high numbers. And only now in Madrid NATO summit, we agreed with our leading nation, Germany. Uh, Germans lead the NATO presence to uh, to Im increase their presence from battalion to brigade when still working with Americans to have a permanent presence uh, of Americans in in Lithuania but honestly uh, with all that uh, uh, help of our um, friends of NATO internally we concluded that the only way to survive in this uh, in this uh, circumstances uh, is just to become well people they were calling Lithuania and northern Israel uh, or northern Jerusalem uh, is just to arm ourselves like Israel does uh, now we have already 2.5% for defense internally we are thinking even about going up to 5 and uh, we need air defenses uh, Uh, seeing what Russians do with their missiles uh, because they are incapable to fight uh, a normal uh, war. Uh, we don't have those uh, air defenses. Uh, we have to work together with Poles and others, but in any case, we have to spend a lot of, a, a, a much more money in Lithuania, twice as we spend today for defense if we want to survive in the future, and we will try to do it. China is getting closer with Russia. They have uh, joint uh, maneuvers with other, also with other countries of, of Central Asia, uh, such as Mongolia, and uh, Lithuania, and now uh, Latvia and Estonia are going further from China as you've left uh, this uh, 17 plus 1 format of cooperation with China. Yes, and this is a little point of uh, our heated discussion with our Polish friends, honestly. Today I congratulated the chairman of Ukrainian uh, Verkhovna Rada, Foreign Affairs Committee, Alexander Mereshko, who also established Taiwanese caucus in uh, in uh, uh, Ukrainian parliament first ever uh, we will travel together with him to Taiwan and why because honestly Taiwan introduced one of the biggest sanctions against Russia because we asked them and this is about the chips you don't have uh, semiconductors in Russia and this is a huge it's like sanctions against the central bank uh, freezing their accounts uh, Taiwanese stand with us uh, and that's why And during my latest visit to uh, Warsaw, when we had some conference about the legacy of John Paul II, and because I wrote a dissertation about that, I said something maybe too provocative in Polish context, but I said, you know what, I read all the books of John Paul II, and I'm telling to you, I think he will turn in his grave, seeing current Poland playing with communist Beijing, a game when the communist Beijing is sanctioning Lithuania with all possible economic sanctions. And honestly, we don't care because our economy grow very strong. You know, last year, our growth was the strongest. And you know what? Americans are helping us to extend all possible economic relations with democratic world of Indo-Pacific. Our trade with Singapore growth up to 200%, with Korea 9%, South Korea 90%. Uh, we are getting first investments from Taiwanese. And we hope to reach the Czech level where Taiwanese uh, uh, you know, are one of the 
first job creators and investors in Czech Republic. So my question to Pauls, you know, you are the nation who destroyed the communist. Why 30 years after you stand on the most powerful, atrocious communist regime and you do not help us to kill uh, that remaining uh, enslaving format of China? Now it's already, okay, 14 plus one. We know that Czechs will follow us. We know that other nations will follow. But from Polish side, we hear that you are still thinking to have a meeting of this kind of pro-Chinese format in Poland. This is outrageous. Those are not Poles. Uh, You know, please wake up, stand on the side of democracy and help us to create a united front against those communist autocratic uh, regimes because honestly we are dying. You know, we are just 15 people on this map uh, who are still democratic. So we have to to stand with democracy. We have to stand with Speaker Pelosi. Uh, We are thinking about the visit of uh, Speaker of this parliament to Taiwan. We are searching for friends. Uh, We would uh, appreciate greatly that, you know, Polish leader of Sejm or Senate joins my speaker. And let's let's start that fight because this is about survival of us 50 or 100 years ahead. Some people are in Poland are shouting economy, economy, economy. Um, what about economy? What about the cooperation in Central Europe? Freeze's uh, initiative. Well, this is kind of schizophrenia then because when you accuse Germans or Schroeder making business with Russians but at the same time you make business with communists uh, in China, this is a schizophrenia. Sorry, you have to be consistent if you want to convince Germans who are much more against China with us than Poland today this is a very strange world honestly and the free seas initiative this possibility of cooperation in Central Europe well this is okay uh, if this is an initiative to get Chinese out of the regions and to get Americans in But if this is an initiative to get Chinese in and then to to turn into little Hungary, that's a problem. You've mentioned John Paul II. Today we have Pope Francis and uh, his... uh his um, attitude uh, towards Ukraine uh, is kind of controversial. How should he act? Well, I was speaking with uh, Lithuanian Apostolic Nuncio in Kiev. We have the only one in Kiev. And yes, uh, we would love Pope uh, to be a moral leader of that fight. Because on the other hand, seeing... uh, you know, uh, religious Russian leader Kirill, a KGB officer blessing Russian soldiers before Christmas or during any religious holiday to kill Ukrainians, this is not a religion. Uh, I think uh, Catholic uh, Church have to stand not only for human dignity of uh, uh, Ukrainians, but for Christian values uh, uh, that are completely corrupted by Russian KGB and Russian Orthodox Church today. We have uh, a lot of Orthodox priests in Lithuania who denounces uh, that attitude of Kremlin. So I, I still hope that uh, uh, after some time, Pope Francis makes a visit to Ukraine 
you know, unites uh, the church, uh, a Greek Catholic church that was actually created here in Lithuania during our Zespospolita times, you know, all other faiths. And, uh, you know, this is time for Christians to unite and build Europe whole and free. And uh, I remember my last uh, uh, meeting with Apostolic Nuncio, Lithuanian Apostolic Nuncio before the war, and we agreed together that this is ukraine is the biggest hope for christian unity in europe and maybe the world if we win that fight we unite christians and impact will be much deeper than ukraine only you know russians are, you know they are also christians they are suffering from this stupid kgb regime and you know they will wake up after win we win that fight in ukraine and it is isn't it the dream of all the popes in Rome to unite Christians in, in, in Europe? So if you do it, don't stand on KGB side. Stand on, on the side of freedom and Ukrainians. And when will we win this war? I think I have a strange uh, feeling that this year, it might sound too romantic, but I just feel it. We will see. This was The Political Periscope. The podcast is released every Thursday at 7 p.m. 